opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everybody. This is Sheila Young. I am the chair of the subcommittee for the Audio Descriptive Project with the Arts, Museums, and Parks Subcommittee. And it is my pleasure tonight to be here with a great group of people representing audio description in every aspect. So I appreciate everybody listening on ACB Media and being here. And I appreciate all of my panelists offering to be here to support our wonderful audio descriptive project. Um, Lucy is our host. So Lucy, would you like to tell everybody how to raise their hands if they have any questions? I certainly would. Thank you. Okay, to raise your hand on a PC is Alt-Y. On a Mac is Option-Y. On your uh, keypad phones, it is star nine. And on the uh, smartphones, it is in the middle of your screen because this is a webinar. And then I will ask you to unmute and on uh, your PC, it's Alt-A, Mac is Command-Shift-A, your keypad phones is star six, and the mute button will be in the lower left of your screen on the smart devices. All right, well, thank you, ma'am, and thank you, Katie, for streaming for us tonight. This is very exciting for me and for the entire subcommittee because as all of you probably know by now, we are celebrating audio description this week and tomorrow night is the big awards gala. So please listen to that. It should be very entertaining and very rewarding for ACB and for our audio description project. So we're going to talk a little bit about arts first. So, Tonight, I am thrilled to have two of the members of my subcommittee here. One, Mary Hanks from Texas is an audio describer, and she works in the field of the arts in opera. And I'm sure some of you are probably thinking, how do you audio describe an opera? Well, Mary, would you tell us how that is done and what you have done in the field of the arts? Sure, thank you very much, Sheila. Welcome everyone. Thank you for tuning in to hear more about audio description in the arts, parks and museums. Lots of people say, how do you describe opera? Because so many of them are through composed, the music doesn't stop, the singing's going on for most of it. How do you get your point across? Well, the answer is very carefully and with lots of background. I came to audio description from opera as opposed to the, the other way. I was an opera educator and also a technical writer. I know when to speak. A lot of people also ask me, do you just talk about the sets and the other visual elements? Do you do anything about what they're singing? Well, folks, that is, uh, I suppose that's a very debatable question, but where I describe, they use surtitles where they project a translation of the words being sung, and this is on a special screen above the stage. So guess what? It's now a visual element, 
and I feel duty bound to describe it. However, people don't go to the opera to listen to me talk. They go to hear the beautiful singing, the beautiful music. So I'm going to paraphrase those words. And again, you have to know what exactly is the gist here? What's the minimum I can get by with? And where is the best place to interject it? So it's a fascinating process. I really enjoy it. And my listeners tell me they enjoy it too. They're very enthusiastic. And I don't think they're just saying that to spare my feelings. However, it is very difficult. It's very demanding. And I think that's why we don't see too much opera description. And that's really quite a shame because many operas even shocking and they're very rich in symbolism and the staging can create a radical interpretation with a message that you are going to miss if you don't have access to the visual information. That's why opera needs audio description. Thank you, Sheila. And Mary, how many operas have you audio described? Something over 200. Wow. Oh well, that, that's, that's performances, separate operas or, or separate productions of operas. Oh, I need to count that up sometime. <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's about 70 different operas per se, and, and in many cases, radically different stagings. Like uh, I just described, I think, four productions of Carmen. I can't tell you how many marriages of Figaro, Don Giovanni, Madame a butterfly, that sort of thing. Sheila, I think I think Mary's being modest. She is really uh, uh, a leading describer, the leading describer, I should say, uh, of opera in these here United States. There is some uh, decent opera description that happens abroad in Europe, in the UK. But um, when I have a question about opera and description, uh, I, I turn to Mary Hanks. This is Joel Snyder, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank your you, turn's, Joel. Your turn's coming. <laughs> that's that's well, all right. I should say that when when I became a describer, and I became a describer on a few hours notice, I knew that it existed because I gave tours of Wortham Center in Houston, but I had not known who actually was delivering it. And then one day, someone that I knew from my work in the education department said, Mary, how would you like to audio describe the next opera and I'm like oh great you know when 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 do I train they're not like no we mean tomorrow <laughs> so I, I kind of got thrown in knowing very little ouch <laughs> yeah seat of the pants but people apparently liked what I said and then I thought well I need to learn more about this and found what I could what was available in uh, the year 2001 which was not nearly as much as it is now so kind of came up with my own way to describe, but later on when there were more resources, I did receive training and I received it from Dr. Excuse me, Dr. Joel Snyder. <laughs> oh, thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you and stick around because we'll, hopefully we'll have some questions for you. Oh, I sure will because I'm sure there's somebody that's going to say, in that production where Madam Butterfly wasn't throwing flowers around cornflakes. <laughs> Was that really cornflakes? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, next, we're going to talk with Margie Donovan from California. And Margie was very instrumental in um, 
successfully getting audio description out in Sacramento. So Margie, would you like to tell us, and thank you for being here, would you like to tell us about your experience? Most certainly, and hello and thank you, Sheila, for inviting me to be here. Um, while I was the sole person to get audio description in Sacramento, I do want to say I did not do it alone. I had the backing of my local chapter, which is a capital chapter, um, after, <clears throat> after the first theater, I had the backing of the chapter. Um, and I'm going to tell you a quick um, synopsis of what happened with the first theater. Uh, we have a Broadway series here in Sacramento, and that company um, is also does Music Circus, which is a different theater, and it's in the summertime, and it's in the round, and it's really a lot of fun. Um, our capital chapter of CCB, we paid for the first audio describer to come out and we picked the describer from um, Nashville because she had described Little House on the Prairie. And that was the first performance we were doing. And um, we borrowed the equipment from uh, Margaret Hardy in San Francisco. She was so generous, drove it up, set it all up for us. And um, the kind of cute story about this describer who I absolutely fell in love with. Um, she stayed at the first house I ever bought and she was the first one to sleep in it before me. <laughs> um, we, we have cats and I was living with my partner at the time and, and the cats were a problem for her. So she stayed in my new house. We had a nightstand and a bed in there. <laughs> and she described this performance and we had 35 chapter members in attendance and the seed had been planted many years before i moved to sacramento for audio description with this particular venue and um there was five thousand dollars donated by the friends of macular degeneration there was a group of ladies that went to theater all the time and so they did a fundraiser got money and that was just sitting there well through this experience in dealing with not the executive director, we kept getting a runaround. And then I decided I'm only dealing with Richard Lewis, who's the executive director and received an audio description award two years ago. I began emailing him and asking about the $5,000 and talking about the ADA, Title III. Um, and... Um, what ended up happening is he promised us, and I believe this was early in January, February of the year, he promised us by November we would have audio description. At that point, I just said, great, my job is done. We'll sit back. We'll see what happens. Well, sharp guy that he is, he started it with Music Circus in the summer for practice and to make sure the equipment they bought worked and worked well. And um, I'm, I'm telling it as if it was very simple, but it wasn't quite as easy as I'm making it. But one of my key points here is if you have a chapter that will just sign on to it, um, let you use their letterhead, approve your letters, you can send them out, and having a group behind you is, is very powerful. So we got that. We got Music Circus. We did work out a lot of audio issues that summer, and our chapter was invited to attend three, I think it was, performances, and um, um, free of charge. 
And so we did that. And by the time the Broadway series came around, everything was perfect, even though it was a physically a different venue. Everything worked out perfectly there. And I, I soon discovered that, great, we have it at um, Broadway, Sacramento. We have it Music Circus. But we have a lot more theaters in town, believe it or not. So my next venue was B Street Theater. And I want to jump to this one because this is very, very important. Um, B Street Theater had someone from their staff go through um, the ACB um, audio um, tr description training by Dr. Schneider. But if you don't describe after that for like a year, you're going to lose it or you're not going to remember the fine details. So um, that's kind of ended up what happening. And then they chose to send a woman or two, I believe it is, from a um, um, translation service for the deaf through um, one of Joel's trainings. And I happened to just go to a performance there. Um, within the last month. Both describers were absolutely horrid. Um, there was a key element where something fell from the roof and I'm sitting there going, what just happened? And after the audience stopped laughing and clapping and stuff, the describer announced it. Well, it was pretty anticlimactic at that point. So I wrote a letter and I wrote it, it happened to go to the main audio describer there. And I was 100% honest with my feedback. And one of the, one of the um, phrases I like to use about audio description, um, even in terms of having backup audio describers, um, it's kind of like if you don't have audio description, all these sighted people are going to come to the play and the curtain will be closed, but they can hear every element of it. Mm -hmm. And is that satisfactory at, you know, whatever cost the ticket is? Right. And um, of course it's not. And bad description is exactly that. Now you've put a film in front of the stage so nobody can quite see exactly what's going on. Well, what's come from that is we have a two describers, um, Monique and Ruthann, and they have contracted with other venues in the area. And we've been trying to get them contracted with, well, hopefully that will happen someday soon because B Street needs it. Um, I've worked with my theater here at the local college, Harris Center, and it's upon request there. Oh, that's something I should mention. There's different, um, We've agreed to different ways of doing the reservation for audio description. Now, with Broadway and Music Circus, it's the last Saturday matinee of every performance. With um, the Harris Center, it, and they generally only do one show at a time. Um, so whoever first requests it, and you have to request it two weeks in advance. I always request it when I purchase my ticket. And if you have not seen a concert, a musical concert, a rock, a country concert, audio described, let me be the first to tell you, you have no clue on how much you are missing out on as a blind person. I was astounded to find out about all the visuals today. And um, I, I just, I will close by saying my job's not done in the area. Um, and I'm looking at what is the next venue. Thus far, we have um, we, we did do the Nutcracker last year, which was always a fantasy of mine. I've never seen it described. 
And um, so we've got one, two, three solid venues in this area. And one of our venues, which I will um, tell you quickly about, is a Golden One Arena. And I believe that we might be the first arena in the country to have audio description. People that are into sports will know it as where the Kings play basketball. This arena was built a few years back right downtown Sacramento, easy to get to from all forms of transit, including um, Amtrak. And again, for audio description there, that's upon request. They will audio describe anything we request except basketball. And the reason for not describing basketball is we can get it on the radio. <laughs> and, and it works in there. And our, our Jeff Tom, who holds season tickets to the Kings, agreed on that. So I felt I was safe going with that. <laughs> and obviously, COVID has put a huge um, kink in all the description, except our Broadway has started back up. And I'm delighted. And thank you, Sheila. Oh, thank you, Margie. And uh, how exciting is that to, to make such a difference? That is so cool. So thank you for sharing and stick around because we're hopefully going to have some questions. <clears throat> so next, we're going to start talking a little bit about museums and um, the certainly grandfather of audio description is with us tonight. Um, Joel, I believe you've been with ACV since our audio description project began, haven't you? So oh, I, would, I think that's would, right. I would I, like I... to introduce Dr. <laughs> Joel Snyder. So would you like to explain to everybody how the audio description project came about and how, I, I guess, briefly, how you got involved in it? And then what do you do as far as museums and describing go? Oh, sure, sure. Thank well, you. yeah, I, you know, American Council of the Blind has been really the leading advocate for audio description, going back, uh, really, back to the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, so credit's got to go right there with the American Council of the Blind. And about 11 years ago now, um, and I, I had, I'd already been working with ACB and going to conferences and doing workshops and such, but I proposed to Chris Gray and Mitch Pomerantz, uh, who both were presidents of uh, ACB around that period, um, you know, that there really should be a, a place to go for folks to find out about audio description, uh, an organization uh, that would promote audio description because we, it, audio description is still underknown, if you will, uh, certainly compared to captioning, which helps folks who are deaf or hard of hearing. And uh, ACB just ran with it, uh, I'm pl pleased to say, and I uh, served as its director. Uh, and just this past year, um, ACB took another advance and, and uh, kind of brought it in-house with a staff person, our, our own JoLynn Bailey Page as the ADP coordinator. I continue to work with it as the founder and senior consultant. Um, and, you know, this all grew out of, I, it was so great to listen to Mary and Margie talk about uh, performing arts because that's where it all began and I was uh, honored to be a part of that small group of folks in 1981 that developed the world's first audio description service right here in, in Washington DC um, and it went from there to uh, uh, television 
Uh, and indeed, uh, as you mentioned, Sheila, tomorrow night at 7.30, the AD Awards Gala, which is focused really on celebrating description in media um, and, and honoring the uh, networks and the streaming services that have really popularized uh, audio description. And, and that, that's important to performing arts as well, actually, and museums, because, you know, once people get to know description on media, they'll start thinking about it. We know, how, why doesn't my local live theater have it? Why doesn't our museum have it? So we, we, we broadened out into television and uh, DVDs and such uh, in the mid 80s and late 80s, um, uh, owing a great deal to WGBH where we piloted their description service. And then museums came along. And um, th that's so great, you know, because I, I guess a lot of people, I, I oftentimes tell a story about a blind guy. This is a true story, a blind fellow visiting a museum with some friends and a sighted woman had the temerity to approach him and say, excuse me, what are you doing in a museum? You, you're, you're blind. You can't see any of the exhibits. Well, <laughs> he was taken aback, but he responded, I'm here for the same reason anybody goes to a museum. I want to learn. I want to know. I want to be a part of our culture. And, and that's the key. Audio description, the, the reason for it is because th there's just no good reason why a person with a physical disability must also be culturally disadvantaged. And so museums have come along, and uh, I, I've, through my own company and with the uh, ACB, with the Audio Description Project, we've done uh, a great many different uh, audio described tours for museums. Uh, trained docents. In fact, just this past week, the uh, Smithsonian Institution, uh, we've been working on this on a couple of years now, finally posted to their website description of the National Museum of Natural Histories, uh, Insect Zoo. So if you're, <laughs> if you're into insects, you can have them described to you uh, through the uh, Smithsonian's website. We haven't even had a chance to, to get the word out on that. So that's a that's a, a kind of a preview uh, uh, of coming attractions, if you will. Uh, but museums are coming along and have come along around the world, actually, as well. Uh, so it's great to have you focus on this tonight, Sheila. Thank you. Well, and Joel, um, I know you do a lot of museums, so um, where all are the museums that you have described and what, just give us a few titles if you would. Well, sure. Uh, thank you. Well, I should, I should basically, I, I should have mentioned this already. Uh, the best thing to do if you're interested in, in audio description at museums is go to the website of the Audio Description Project, which is simply HTTPS colon slash slash adp.acb.org. And we have a tab there right on the home page. You can click on museums and we list by state every museum that we know of that has audio description available. And there's at least one museum in at least fifth um uh, say 25 to 30 of the states now. Um, and so we have a lot of work to do, obviously. But, um, you know, many of the Smithsonian museums have description. Um, the um, I did description for the Getty Museum, for the, uh, um, golly, the, um, well, I mentioned the Smithsonian museums, but a lot of the Park Service sites, which you're going to be talking about, uh, has have done uh, description. They've really taken the lead among federal agencies 
in bringing description uh, to um, uh, to uh, the, uh, to folks in their communities. But and, and I should say too, uh, Sheila, that your own Florida has led the way because I, I spent uh, some time in Florida developing description in the St. Petersburg area for their Museum of Fine Arts and for the Holocaust Museum there and the Dali Museum there. So, um, you know, it really takes uh, people like Sheila and people like Margie too. I was thinking of this when Margie was speaking. It takes, sometimes it's just a single person who has that passion and makes it happen. Going to that museum, going to that performing arts space and saying, hey, this has got to be made available and accessible to us. And I believe that um, Stacia is here. So Stacia, is that you, my dear? Hi, Sheila, can you guys hear me? We can. Hello, Stacia. This is Stacia Boyd, who is also <laughs> here as part of our subcommittee. And Stacia Boyd is the president and CEO of Q Media Productions. She is based out of Winter Garden, Florida. And Stacia and I have actually worked on a couple projects together. So Stacia, would you like to Tell everybody what you do and give everybody a little bit of a sample of your experience with describing museums. Yes, Sheila, thank you so much um, for being patient with me and my my technology limitations. Everybody, Sheila is a hero. <laughs> You're like, here. Like figuring out what's going wrong. Um, but, uh, but yeah, my name is Stacia Boyd, and uh, I want to give out like several kudos. Kudos number one is to Joel because without whom I would not be in this world. Um, uh, over ten or twelve years ago, uh, I, my background is creating audio tours for museums and in, in uh, interpretive and multi-language. And then uh, somebody reached out and said, you know, can you do an audio scribe tour? And I said, well, what's that? And um, at the time, Joel and the, the audio description project was doing one of their first um, audio description project trainings here in Orlando. And I went and I met Joel and I met the, uh, the entire crew and I, I met 1500 blind people in this incredible or, or uh, hotel in Orlando. And I realized that there was a world beyond what I understood. And since then, uh, my goal has been to increase access to um, museums and attractions and visitor centers for, um, for, for, for the blind community. And uh, that's, pretty much been, been what I've worked on. Everything from tiny little museums with audio description projects, uh, like um, the the uh, the Moore County Museum in Florida, all the way up to Kennedy Space Center. Uh, so um, that's what I've been working on. And thank you so much for, again, in, in inviting me to, to speak to this, this group and this project. I truly appreciate it. Am I there? Can you guys hear me? Have I lost you? Yes. No, we, we hear you. We hear you. You're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank you everyone. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm truly appreciative. And there's a lot, a lot more projects, a lot bigger things to work on. It's uh, that I've discovered it goes beyond the audio description to the entire experience of the entire program design. And that, that's where my focus is right now. So please continue. 
And tell us, tell the people that are listening a little bit about um, a couple of the museums, like the one that we did together, which I'm so proud of because it was such a wonderful experience. The Holocaust of Houston was just amazing. Yeah, so, I, and uh, Sheila has worked with us on several projects, including a Holocaust Museum Houston and also the Wright Brothers Museum in Kitty Hawk. Um, the thing about Holocaust, and I think this is a very important uh, topic to address, is that the project was working not just on a standard interpretive tour, but also an interpretive tour, also a multi-language tour. They have an outreach to Spanish, but also to they were really committed to um, accessibility, but they knew nothing about it. They just knew that we need this and, 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 and how hard could it be, right? Um, and when I show up there and I, and I work on the program design with the, with the team, um, they, by the time I get there, the budget, most of it has been spent and there's a lot of work. But uh, when I went out for my second visit and, and Sheila came with me, there's a difference between uh, me as the uh, accessibility consultant uh, saying, hey, this is a great idea. You should consider this. And Sheila walking around and saying, yeah, this isn't going to work or I need more here. Actually, and Sheila, you, you can talk more about this, but we were, we were there. And one of the things that was not in the budget at the time was to audio describe their major film right before you entered the, um, the, the Holocaust uh, exhibit. And when Sheila was there, we sat down and the, the video is, is, is playing. And the audio description, there, there was no audio description. It wasn't in the budget. And so I sat there next to Sheila and described the video in real time as it was, it was being seen. And behind us was the director of education and the director of programs and the director of marketing. And they heard me whispering in Sheila's ear and they, they, they understood the, the importance of the fact that if you don't understand this one video, you don't understand the rest of the exhibit. You don't have the setup. And uh -uh. if it had just been me saying, this, this is not going to work for the blind community, that's Stacia that's saying, oh my God, this is not good enough. But when Sheila sat there and they could see the expression on her face, they could see um, the things that I was explaining, it made all the difference. Well, and, and it set the whole stage for the entire museum. I mean, it, it yeah. basically gets you totally prepared for the Holocaust Museum. And without that, it would not have been, I mean, it was definitely powerful and definitely meaningful, but it would not have been as powerful if I had not known what was going on on that video. And I think the thing, and, and exactly right, because that's the thing, it's like every sighted person, person came in there and they had 10 minutes with that video and those images and those, that language, all of it was 10 minutes before they went into the primary exhibit. And as I, I had been there before and I said, this is kind of a problem, it's kind of a problem. But then when the powers that be, when the people who were in the decision-making seats sat there and they watched me whispering in Sheila's ear. And they watched me explaining to them, the, the filling the void that they had created. 
it made an impact. And like several hours later. Yeah, and they actually said, you know, they actually said, well, now we understand, you know, we, we get right. it. So, right. yeah. Because I can give them all the counsel they want, but until they experience it with Sheila, until they see that, and there were some, some physical things. Remember the, the moment, Sheila, when we're like walking up the bridge, it was like little tiny bridge. It was like, you know, eight inches high. But we're walking along and all of a sudden Sheila had her cane and it went off the edge of the bridge. And I didn't see that. They didn't see that. Their designers didn't see that. But Sheila's, Sheila's cane just slid off the side. And, and all I like, said to them was, this is dangerous. <laughs> this is yeah. dangerous. Somebody's going to fall and they're going to get hurt. Right. And all so. they saw was an eight inch drop. How hard could it be? And Sheila made the point that you don't understand. I am walking here and I think there's something there and it's not there. And when they saw that occurred, their entire mind shift. And we also had the opportunity, Sheila, and you remember this, is that we said, here's an impromptu thing. Sheila and I are here. Let's get security. Let's get uh, operations. Let's get all the people here to have like a, a Q&A session. And so we did a one hour Q&A with the entirety of their staff. Anybody who's available came and they got to ask Sheila questions and they got to ask me questions. And, and and suddenly, the person who's the first person in the front gate was this, the security guy. He said, yeah, I had no idea that, I, that really reaching out and grabbing your cane out of your hand was a bad idea. They didn't yeah. know. Yeah. So it was, it was quite an experience, and I think it was an experience for them. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether it's me or who it is. I, I believe that all museums, when they're doing audio description, should be able yeah. to go through this with the audio describer and have a blind consultant to assist them with their planning. So, all right, and I would go move on. And I was, I was we'll stick around, add, stick around, because yeah. we're we're going to take <laughs> questions. So, and thank you for joining us. I would add, yeah, the last thing I would add to that is there is power in the idea that it's it's the audio describer and the audio description, you know program design person combined with a person who's not just the generic blind guy showing up to like, you know, offer an opinion, but a person who has experience and an interest and passion for introducing people to this experience. And um, it, it's a powerful combination. It's like, I, I, I really highly recommend it. So I will, I will call that my moment and you guys continue on. Thank you. And thank you for being here. I'm sorry there was so much confusion. <laughs> but all right. <laughs> now, <clears throat> moving from museums, we're going to go into parks. Um, all of us enjoy the outdoors and we enjoy national parks. And I am thrilled to have Renee Arrington Johnson and Debbie Grubb here tonight. They're going to talk with you about their experiences with national parks and their experience working on the unity project with the university of hawaii that has been going on for i guess this was d8 so i guess it's been going on for eight times so um, anyway renee would you like to go first and thank you for being here sure thank you for having me i appreciate the opportunity to talk about the unity project um i started and being involved, I first heard about it last year at one of the um, 
ADP media uh, meetings when somebody was mentioning it. And I said, oh, that sounds interesting. I said, I'd like to be involved in that. And they're like, sure. And got me connected um, with the people that run the project with um, Brett. And um, I started with uh, this past September, I did Unity 7, the Descriptive Sign 7. The best thing to me, besides the fact that they actually, the whole objective is to take the brochures from national parks and national historic sites and wildlife refuges and say, we're going to take this brochure that's full of graphics and pictures and maps and make it so that a person who is blind or low vision can use it as well as a sighted person and do this in three days. <laughs> and it's an ambitious thing to do, but the way they do it uh, by bringing together people from the parks and from the community of blind people and other volunteers, bringing them together and having a structured way of approaching it through letting you be educated about how to do audio description and gaming, gamifying the some of the experiences that I remember the most about being involved in this project is the people that you get to work with, um, besides people of the community of folks that are blind and low vision, the people from the national parks, there's always people from the parks that are there on the team, and you get to get to know each other, work together, gel as a team, um, share experiences and everybody learned something. You know, I learned something about the parks that I did not know a lot of stuff that I did not know about the parks, about the jobs people do. They learn about the community of people that are blind and low vision. And we all work together to make it so that everybody can enjoy the parks and um, make it useful. Um, the, the way the thing is structured, the way the actual project is structured, they have a open source um, tool on their website that you use to put all of the description in. And when you're finished putting in a description for all of the graphics and things on the brochures, you go through and check everything and listen to the audio version of it. Then you can download it and you can upload it to the Unity app. Now the Unity app is available for iPhone and Android and anybody can put it on their phone. And I would suggest if you don't have it to go ahead and get it, it's very useful. I've used it myself. The uh, uh, Cuyahoga, um, Cuyahoga um, Valley National Park here that's close to me. And we use the app to actually, he, we, he sat down with me and listened to the audio of the app and <laughs> we decided together what we wanted to go see. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's the driver, he's the sighted person, but we use it together. And, um, and it's very, very useful. And if you can listen to, it has within the app, it has all of the parks that have been completed uh, through the uh, descriptathons and, you can select which one you want to go to. You can listen to the audio version. It has a text-only file, uh, audio-only file, and a text and audio file. And I'll tell you, of the whole describing, the most challenging part for me personally was describing maps. It is very uh, challenging for some, some of those maps to really describe it in a way that can be useful. But when done well, um, it can really turn something that's hard for a person who is blind or low vision to use to be able to use that to navigate and me i am a map thinker i think top down that's when my site was better i used maps a lot so for me that was really important to be able to find that it can still be useful to me as my vision is 
slowly deteriorating. So um, um, I don't, I'll let Deb talk also because, you know, I'm sure she has her own spin on everything that she saw and experienced there. Uh, but for me, it was a wonderful experience. I thoroughly look forward to uh, participating in D9 because I really enjoy it. It's, it's hard work, it's exhausting, <laughs> but it is so rewarding that I, I do it over and over again. <laughs> Well, I am thrilled that you were able to join us tonight and stick around because we might have questions. Okay. So Debbie Grubb, how are you this evening? And thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Well, I'm going to build on what Renee has so excellently laid out for you all. And I want to start by talking a bit about the Unity app. When I was asked if I would like to participate in my first descriptathon, and to tell you the truth, I can't remember how many that was back, but I downloaded the Unity app. And I want to explain something to you, why this app is so crucial and why these descriptions are so amazing. I've been involved in audio description practically since the beginning myself. I lived in Maryland. I went over to Washington, D.C. I knew the fan steals. I knew Margaret before she became Mrs. Fan Steel. So I've, but I had never seen or heard anything like I heard on the Unit Description app. And here's why all audio description to me is a miracle. And it's all wonderful and it's all necessary. But when I listened to the first description on the Unity app, I cried because for the first time in my whole life, I had a real idea of what still pictorial art is all about. And I remember one of my first experiences on the Unity app was in a national park where Native Americans had lived thousands of years ago. And in caves and things, there were pictures. They, had, they themselves had drawn pictures of their lives, living, working, raising their food, raising their children. And suddenly, I, they talked about the expressions on their face how their clothes move when they, because it, you know, as you know, a picture is a capturing of a living moment in time. And so I was absolutely amazed. And outside, they would, they would talk about, a, they would describe a picture of, say, um, a family fishing. But it wasn't just they're standing there with their poles in the water or something in the water. Mm -hmm. They talked about how the water reflected the beauty of the trees. They talked about how a beautiful hawk was flying by and how its wings were and the color of its feathers. It was the most amazing experience because I guess it was something that I really knew nothing about. And for the first time in my life, I truly understood the proverb, a picture is worth a thousand words. And I am always astounded but i love the nature ones where you see a deer in in you know in flight running or you see birds flying or little rabbits or whatever it is and and they're in motion and these these descriptions 
bring that moment back to life and you really share it. And what I love about the descriptions on the Unity app is that these brilliant people who have taken the time and made the effort to learn really take what goes into their eyes and into their brains and they turn it into words before it gets into that part of their consciousness where they're going to to design and figure out their own opinions about it. And I love that. I love hearing about how the sun glints off of something or what the stars look like. It is absolutely the most amazing thing. And the Unity app is totally free. It's, It's an easy download. And the thing that is so good about it is that it is all done, each, each, each brochure is done in sections. So um, Renee and I love maps, but if that's not your thing, you can skip that part. You can skip any section. You can go back and relook at any section and you can have, you can have your text. I sometimes listen to the voice when I'm really into something. I love to hook my Braille display up with my iPhone and read it. It is the most amazing, beautiful thing that you could ever imagine because I think it is the form of audio description that we know the least about. And it comes true also in museums, which Stacia was talking about with Sheila, but with the national parks, it's nature and the grandeur of the mountains and what the sun looks like streaming down on the mountains or when the sun is setting and it's glinting on the yeah. water. It's, it's an astounding experience. And so I really want to say that anybody who has not experienced the unity app needs to go and get it and look at the, you can, there, you can see each brochure before you choose it. You can choose the one you want to read and you can then choose the sections that you want to listen to or read or reread. And I'll say just a couple of things about the Descriptathon and working with the national parks. Renee did such a a fine job with that. What is so thrilling with the national parks is everybody that I worked with in a national park setting was in that career because it's what they love. They love the idea of the national parks, what they do, what they mean. And what is so cool is as they begin to learn how to do this, like we have little practice things, like they have to practice describing um, an artifact, a collage, a map, a portrait. And the more they do it, and I always try to ask questions. I'll say, well, you know, what do you think about this? Or, or I'll make a statement and I'll say, well, like I remember saying to one, well, you've told me what it is. Tell me what it looks like. What do you see? And when you do it in a very affirming way and you really compliment them as you see them begin to get this concept, it is a miracle that happens over and over again every year. And I hope I can be in descriptathons for as long as I'm on the earth and anything else I can do for audio description because it is a phenomenal experience. And thank you, Sheila, for giving me this opportunity. Oh, thank you so much for being here. Um, Before we open up for questions, if anybody has any questions, I do want everybody to know we've already 
stated tomorrow night is the gala and this is media um, audio description and the awards um, in your community schedule today there is a donate and a phone number to call if you aren't able to donate via the computer um, this these donations will support our audio description project and a lot goes into the upkeep of the website and everything that ACB does on for well, everything the ADP project does on the ACB um, webpage. It, you can access everything that they know that is audio described and you go to adawardsgala.org to donate. It's in the community schedule. And if you can donate 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. But there is a phone number and it is 888-444. Lucy, is it 8320? Yes, it is. All right. Gosh, I can't believe I remembered that. <laughs> Good job, Sue. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, so that's 888-444-8320, and you will get lovely Miss Lucy to call you back and help you with your donations. So before we ask anyone if they have any questions, does anybody have any closing remarks they'd like to make before we open up for questions? I just this is Debbie. I just hope everybody who can will be there for the gala and the after party. This is an exciting history making event, and I hope we can support it. And if audio description is in your area, support it. Go. And if if there isn't, let's see together what we can do. And finally, I do want to say that if you decide to do the donation online, it is very straightforward and easy to do. And then you've got Lucy, if that's your, that's your cup of tea too. So <laughs> please donate. <laughs> and if anybody wants to um, find the app, what would they look for, for the Unity Project? Don't you just search for Una? Unid. 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 Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. And it right. comes and right up. It comes right up. Right. Yeah. And does anybody else and have anything they'd like to say real quick before we start with questions? Yes. This is Mary, and I'd like to reinforce a point that Margie made, and that is, it's important to insist on quality, and the arbiters of quality are the consumers of audio description. Amen. It's been a it's been a problem in Houston because many people were exposed to very poor quality audio description, so they stop listening and they don't value it and they don't understand that it can be very useful. They some of them don't even turn it on on their TVs. I'm working to educate them, but quality is important. Work's going on in that, and perhaps Joel would like to talk about that. Joel? No, you're, you're right, Mary. <laughs> Quality is is first and foremost. Sometimes, uh, you know, the it's so wonderful to hear Debbie's enthusiasm for audio description. Sometimes, though, um, I, I start to think that maybe 
no audio description is better than bad audio description. If that first experience with description is negative, if it distracts, if it spoils yeah. the experience for you, um, yeah. that that's just not good. Those people are not going to come back. I love what Mary said earlier. People are not there to hear Mary describe. They're here. They're there for the opera, and Mary facilitates that process, giving them the visuals. The visual is made verbal, basically, is what I always say. Stacia, did you have anything you want to add, real quick, before we take a couple questions? Yeah, real, real quick, and and this is the thing that I that's kind of like a, the thing in my heart right now is that um, getting audio description into these places where people truly don't understand it. It's not that they don't want to add audio description. The theaters, the museums, the the galleries, and whatever they they want to be accessible. They want all of it, but they don't understand. And they're afraid of things they don't understand. So, so the confused mind says no. So when you are trying to like approach things with a with a with a, a theater, with a museum or whatever, and they say, oh no no no, we, we well we've tried this and we've tried that. It's because they don't understand what what in a way what Debbie was just talking about. But the 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 difference it makes. They're still thinking in terms of turn left, turn right. Here's how you find your way around. As opposed to saying, I'm trying to open up the experience of the, of the human experience to, to, to my entire audience. And so um, even though I am not a patient person, as Sheila can attest, um, <laughs> we have to have a small amount of patience and grace with people who are trying, but who, who simply don't know. And it's our responsibility to to contact the leaders, to contact the general managers and the CEOs and the um, directors and say, you do realize this exists, don't you? You do realize that there is a way forward, don't you? You, you do realize that, you know, art is for everyone, don't you? And, and, and I am part of everyone. And I think that, that this, is, this is kind of like the technology has finally caught up with this particular challenge. And there is no reason anymore that this is not a reasonable accommodation. Audio description is now a reasonable accommodation for a reasonable cost to open up the world for folks who simply have low vision or who are blind. And it's a solvable problem now. And we, we need to move forward together with it. Awesome, I love it. Lucy, do we have any hands raised? Yes, we do. We have Connie Bateman. Hi, Connie. You can unmute. Can you can you hear me? Yes, yes. ma'am. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you so much for doing this presentation. It's excellent. So Thank you. something that uh, we don't talk about a lot is audio description on cruise ships. And the reason I bring this up is because a cruise vacation can include all three of the aspects you folks have been talking about. I mean, when you're on board the ship, there's there are the arts, there are, you know, the performing arts where you have the singing and the dancing for the variety shows and mm -hmm. you have movies, you mm -hmm. have art auctions, mm -hmm. you have musicians who perform in the lounges in the evenings. Then you get off the ship and you go on shore excursions and you go to museums and cathedrals and, and national parks. And I don't hear um, many people talk about this. Now, I had a an audio describer on three different cruises and boy did it bring 
things alive. I mean, my first audio describer normally describes opera and live theater, and this was her very first cruise, and she was awesome. She was excellent. I mean, she she sat on the bus with me, described all the scenery and the you know nature and how the you know the the colors of the houses and everything, and 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 and, and she went to you know the the theater or I mean the national wherever we went, you know, and describe the nature. Mm-hmm. And she did this um, spontaneously, which right there takes a lot of skill because it wasn't right. even scripted. And it was yeah. the very first cruise. And then on the other two cruises, I happened to have the same audio describer. So this is the first cruise was uh, I had one was um, a Mediterranean cruise to Europe. And then the other two were um, Mexican Riviera cruise and the Caribbean. And he was excellent as well. And he actually brought his own equipment now, but I have heard horror stories about, um, audio describers who weren't so good, who said, Oh, well, I'm going to go visit my friends on the day that I'm supposed to describe for you or, 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 Oh, I'm not your tour guide. So I'm not supposed to describe it. You know, I'm not supposed to tell you what, what's, what's around you. (laughs) I, I would like to see, and I don't know if this is possible. I would like to see this subcommittee work collaboratively with the cruise lines and offer training on how to do um, quality audio description. I happen to be fortunate. Well, Connie, you have just put a great idea into everybody's um, head that's on this call. So um, we are almost out of time, but but she and Connie's say, Connie's absolutely right. Uh, I worked for yeah, a year and a half. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, worked for a year and a half with Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines, uh, doing uh, yeah. twelve or fifteen cruises, sending cru- describers out, and uh, even Connie, you'll you'll appreciate that. Even describing karaoke nights, and Denise uh-huh. Colley got up there, and I voiced the lyrics so she could hear them in her <laughs> earbud. She won the All she right. won the contest that night. All right, <laughs> that's great. Well, I cannot thank everybody enough for being here tonight. I think this was very educational for me, especially. And I hope it was for everybody out there that's listening. Thank you all for being part of my panel. Thank you, Lucy, for hosting. And thank you, Katie, for streaming tomorrow night, the awards gala. Go to (laughs) adawardsgala.org. You can get all of the information that you want or call that phone number, 888-444-8320. Yeah, I'm getting lonely. I will be, I will be, I will be at the wrap-up party tomorrow night. So thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful evening and a very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you.